about today. But before we start that, just nudge the person next, next to you and say, it's going to be good this morning. It's going to be good. Now, Christian and Phil send their love. For those of you who are thinking, where are they this morning? As uh, if you're not aware, Phil is now um, on his holiday season. We insisted that through the month of August, he have some time off with it being his 60th celebration this year. And Christian is away at a family celebration down in Milton Keynes. It's a golden wedding anniversary. But they, Christian and Caroline and the family will be back with us next week. But we are in for a good morning today, aren't we? We're going to have a great time. Now, we are going to start today a new teaching series. It's a five-week series, and it is called Overcomer. Now then, if I asked us this morning, in fact, let's have a show of hands, because I think we'll be amazed at how many people this is. How many of us right now have got issues, trials, things that are bothering us, situations we think, oh, I wish that would change? Just put your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's about 90% of us this morning. This word is for you today. So we're going to talk over the next five weeks about being an overcomer. And our key verse in that, um, those five weeks is from John 16 and verse 33. And it is, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Just nudge the person next to you and say, you will have trouble. (laughs) But, guys, we have a but there, which is good, isn't it? But, take heart, because this is Jesus speaking, I have overcome the world. You see, guys, every one of us in this room at some point, even if you didn't put your hand up, is going to have trouble. Let's just settle it right there. We're never going to have a peaceful, uh, no no problem. Let's, Let's be honest. How many of us from even little, you've had issues, you've had problems. None of us this morning can say, I have never had a problem. Look at me. I have nothing. Nothing bothers me. We're not going to say it, are we? But take heart. Because I have overcome the world. You see, I can't control what happens to me, but I can control what happens through me. You see, faith leads the way and feelings follow. That is a great statement if you are making, uh, if you are writing this down. Faith leads the way and feelings follow. But so often we let our feelings push us around. We let our feelings tell us how we should live. We let our feelings dominate my Monday morning. And actually your Sunday should lead to a great Monday. Your Monday should be full of praise and worship so that you can overcome your situations. So what I want to talk to us about is overcoming with my favorite subject, praise and worship. Now, over the next five weeks, we're going to look at that. What does that take heart mean? We're going to look at defeating the giants. We're going to look at overcoming fear. We're going to look at insecurity. But this morning, I want to talk to us about overcoming with praise and worship. So what does that mean, take heart with praise and worship? Julie, what are you talking about? How do I do that? You see, praise isn't passive. Well, I'm just going to sit here and just accept whatever goes on in my world. I am just going to allow stuff to happen to me. I'm just going to sit in church and I'm just going to focus on everything that's happening in my world. It doesn't praise. 
doesn't just sit there. Praise is aggressive. Now, that doesn't mean the enemy has been defeated and we're going to get all angry up here. It doesn't mean that. Listen to the Bible definition, de- definition of aggressive. Definition, behaving or done in a determined and forceful way. When we came into God's presence this morning, how many of us were determined that we weren't going to allow everything in our world to drag us down? How many of us were determined, I am going to praise God anyway, despite what I'm going through? Praise is aggressive, it's determined, it's forceful. Here's some words that describe praise. I'm preaching good already, and I've only five minutes in. Come on. Praise is assertive, it's forceful, it's insistent, it's vigorous, it's energetic, it's dynamic, it's driving, it's bold, it's audacious. Praise is go ahead. How many of us, when we got into praise, into God's presence this morning, thought, forget about everything this week? God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. You have overcome it all. I'm not going to focus. God, you are bigger than anything I am going through. It's a determination. It's a decision. It's forceful. We don't let life just wash over us. We say, God, wash over us. You see, don't allow the enemy, which is why I'd ask Nathan, can we sing that song? Don't allow the enemy to push you around. You just declare the enemy has been defeated. Death is not going to hold Jesus down because God has overcome. So don't wait until you feel like praising God. Because let's be honest, I have to, you probably think, you know, I get up on this and I always feel like praising God. I don't. None of us do on this stage. We have to stir ourselves up because of God's goodness. We have to say, come on, God is bigger than everything. We need to stay topped up because we leak. You know, Sunday we can be excited about being here. We need to stay topped up. We leak. We're people. Stuff happens. Rubbish happens to us every day. We have to stay topped up. Now, many of you may know um, Nathan, my nephew, who lives um, with us just during this season. He, um, uh, we have the privilege of him, of him living with us while he's here. And... Uh, What we've said to him is, Nathan, while you're in our house, what we have is yours. Josh, Jordan, don't worry. It's your inheritance. Don't panic. (laughs) Nathan, while you're with us, it's yours. Now, Nathan uses the main bathroom. Chris and I have got a little ensuite. When Nathan's not around, I like to just run across the landing with my towel and go into the main bathroom. It's lighter. It's bigger. I just like it. So I'm coming across the landing the other day with my towel and Nathan comes out of his bedroom and I went, Nathan, do you mind if I, I, I can use your bathroom? Yeah, 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 that's fine. So I went in to Nathan's bathroom. Now, bearing in mind this is my house and I called it your bathroom. Now, Nathan goes into that bathroom and he doesn't just look around and think, this is a good bathroom right here. It's nice and light. It's got a nice good bath, it showers good. What he does is he gets in this bathroom and he thinks, well, Julie has given me this bathroom as mine. Are you getting this? While I am in her house and Chris's house, I can use this bathroom. I can go in, I can get refreshed, I can shower, I can get in that water and I can throw it around. He doesn't just stand there thinking, well, this is a good bathroom. So why do we think when we get in God's presence, we can come here and think, oh, you know, 
It's a, it's, a good, it's a good building. The stage is good. The band's good. We have to get in and be refreshed by using what God has given us in the house. We do that by praising. We do that by stepping in and saying, God, I am going to get refreshed in your presence. I can't do it for you. Nathan can't do it for you. Kev can't. You have to do it for yourself. I've lost half a stone this morning before I even got on this stage. I'd just like to, you don't want to go there, do you? You don't want to know all about that. So why do we lift our hands? Why do I love lifting my hands? You know, I know some of us feel limited with this, and I just want to encourage you this morning. Don't feel limited, because why do we do it? It's a sign of our surrender to God. And I'm not surrendering to God because I've lost I'm surrendering to God because he has won. I'm saying, God, it's the international sign of surrender. You have won. You have done it all. I'm lifting my hands to say thank you. You see, I think church is probably the only place we get excitement confused. You know, it's all right for everybody at the football match and at Glastonbury. I'm in Glastonbury, 175,000 people going crazy at Kanye West. I mean, if you're a Kanye West fan, that is fine. But come on. And then we've got Lionel Richie all night long. And then we've got Pharrell, because I'm the prolong if you... Let me be honest. Lionel Richie is not going to be with you all night long when you are up having a problem. He's not. Pharrell Williams is not going to be with you on a Monday morning singing happy in your ear when you're having a problem. But Jesus is going to be with you. We get excited at Glastonbury. We get excited at concerts. Let's get excited in God's presence. Now, for those of you that are not musicians and don't like music and think, oh, well, you know, just musical people get excited. Let's just move it to you sports fans out there. David Beckham is not going to pay your gas bill for you. He is not, is he? But we can shout, get it, it's David. It's David Beckham, we can get excited. He ain't going to do it. But Jesus is going to be with you when you can't pay that gas bill. God is going to be guiding you when you don't feel happy on a Monday morning. God is going to be saying, you know, in those nights when it feels like the darkest hour, God says all night long, I'll hold you, I'll caress you, I'll be with you. I am the God who never fails. I'm the God who's got all the answers. I am the God who's overcome it all. We introduced a song last week, commonly known at the moment as the Praise Him song. It's actually called Dance Again. I'm just going to read you a line of that song, and and, uh, the the band are going to do it at the end. Praise Him through the fire and fury. Praise Him when your strength has almost gone. Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. You see, you can't praise and complain at the same time. You just can't. How many of you don't like being around people who complain? Who moan and groan and grumble? How many? Come on, be honest. All of us, I would say. How many of you don't like being around people who are thankful and who are, who are always praising? 
Uh, sorry, Nathan, not yet. <laughs> now listen, listen, that is not Nathan's fault. I said to him when I mentioned that song, get up, but I mentioned it twice, not yet. Sit down. Sorry, he, he was being obedient right there. That is, that is a good character. <laughs> never been with anyone who does, doesn't like people who be, who be thankful and who praise and who are encouraging. And yet none of us like to be around people who moan and groan and grumble. And I just want to encourage us this morning that you cannot praise and grumble and moan all at the same time. It's no use coming into God's presence on a Sunday morning and saying, God, you're awesome. And then getting home and, and saying, awful things about, oh, well, they didn't do very good, and that were rubbish, and I didn't really like Julie's pajama bottoms this morning. I mean, it's just, it's just no good. It's not going to help you. One of my scriptures that has really spoken to me years ago, and I, I know I have quoted this because I love this verse. It helps me so much. Every time you criticize someone else, you condemn yourself. The only person you're hurting when you moan and groan and criticize is you. Just get some praise in there. Psalm 100 says the password into God's presence is thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, every morning I have to get in God's presence. I, I have to stay topped up because I know there's a million and one things could hit my desk in a day. I know there's people I need to sit with and they need me to be on it. They need me to be topped up. I have counseled quite a few people this year and every time I have just sat in God's presence in the morning and said God you know sometimes I feel weak and yet I I need to encourage them and help them show me but if I don't get into God's presence he can't help me because I forget to ask him I just you know get about my day and I forget to ask Jesus for help I forget to just thank him for the privilege of serving him and these people that I've been meeting with several of them every time there's been a root to the problem. You can talk about the problems. You can talk about things that have dragged them down, drained them. And at the root of every single one was their devotional life had gone. Vroom. Their own time of getting in God's presence was just down, 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 down. To a point where they just weren't spending time with God. We have to stay in God's presence, and we can't just do it on a Sunday, and you're going to stay topped up all week. You've got to get into God's presence for yourself. So in every morning, every morning, I am there in my study. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done, even if it's been a rubbish day the day before. Thank you, God, because I know you're in control. Thank you, God, because I know you're with me. Thank you, God, because I know you've overcome. We leak. You've got to get in God's presence, and there's only you can do that. You know, the only, the only reason sometimes is we don't stand on God's word is because we don't know it. How are we doing with God's word? I've got plans to bless you, plans to prosper you. I can give you the desires of your heart if you don't know the Bible. Come and talk to me. I'll give you some key scriptures. But you've got to get in God's word. The amount of times I'll just sit in my study, and God's word just washes over me often tells me where I've gone wrong as well. Julie, you didn't handle that very well. Or Julie, you could have done better with that. We need to get in God's presence for ourselves. Christian can't do it for us. Only you can do it. 
You see, God is bigger than any problem. Praise isn't being oblivious to our problems, but it's believing God through it. Yeah. I heard somebody say that, you know, why do you have to praise and worship God? Is it that God needs it? God doesn't need it. God doesn't need it. We need it. Praise and worship isn't because God's got a big ego and he wants you just to, come on, come on, Dave, on a Sunday morning, get on them drums and shout unto God with them drums. He says, you need it, Dave. You need it, Pete. You need it, Paul. You need God's presence. It's not because God needs it. We need it. I just want to... uh, uh, a thought came to mind. How many of you seen that film, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It's a great film, isn't it? Um, I can't remember the boy's name. I'm sure many of you, you will, but... Charlie. Oh! what a way I'm in this morning. Our knees are shaking and everything. But anyway, okay, Charlie, right, one of the things Charlie does is he can see Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, and he wants it, doesn't he? He wants to go there. He knows it's, you know, his home isn't that great, is it? He's living with his grandmas and granddads, and they're all sharing beds, and his, his, his house is not very nice. But he can see something brighter ahead. He can see um, somewhere he would like to go, but what he needs, what does he need? The golden ticket. You know, guys, God has given us a golden ticket this morning. He says, take that ticket. And the ticket is get into my presence. Trust me. Take heart because I've overcome it all. Take heart because I'm with you. Take heart because I'll never leave you or forsake you. Whether your health is not great this morning, your finances aren't good, that relationship, that lost child, that parent, that husband, that wife, Jesus says, I've overcome it all and I'm with you. You see, where the mind goes, the man follows. Where the mind goes, the man stop thinking all those wrong, negative, grumbling, moaning thoughts. The only person they rob is you. Take every thought captive. We all go through stuff. We all do. We all leak. The key this morning to taking heart is in God's presence. Start being thankful. It's the password to God's presence. So in conclusion, just in the last five or ten minutes, two reasons why we praise God. And I just want to take us to a scripture in Acts 16. See, I, I did get to the Bible, and then we know we've quoted John 16, but this is a key scripture for me in terms of praise and worship. I love this scripture. Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. Then, without warning, a huge earthquake. The jailhouse tottered, and every door flew open in the prison. Chris, just go back to verse 25, please. Thank you. About midnight. Okay, now, just to give you those who who, who aren't familiar with this uh, portion of Scripture, Paul and Silas were in prison. They'd not done anything wrong. 
In their eyes, I am sure they hadn't done anything wrong. They were in prison for actually helping this lady. They'd helped her. They'd got wrongly accused and ended up in prison. They didn't sit and moan and groan in them prison or flipping out God, doing your work and look what happened to me. They didn't do that. And also note here, it's about midnight. Now, I don't think they would have been put in prison at midnight. But what does resonate with me is that sometimes it's the darkest hour or sometimes it's the last the last bit before God actually opens the prison doors. Are you hearing me? Sometimes we have to keep going through the storms, through the darkness. And sometimes we have to just keep saying, God, I can't see it at the moment, but I know it's coming. Paul and Silas were in prison. And then all of a sudden, they started singing praise. How great. Now, it says robust hymn to God. For those of you that think, well, I'm just going to stand on a Sunday morning and I'm just going to... How great is our God. Sing with me, how great. It doesn't matter if you can't sing in tune. We play loud. You, we won't hear you. How great. No, Paul and Silas, how great. Yeah. They were robust. They were going for it. They were lifting up their voice. Yeah. They were declaring how great God is. Yeah. The other great thing I think we need to notice here is the other prisoners... When the prison doors finally came open, while they were praising and worshipping, the other prisoners were also set free. Now, I have only noticed this this week. The other prisoners were set free. Now, perhaps, perhaps, if you really start to get hold of this, if we really start to get hold of this and live our days with Jesus as overcome, I am going to praise and worship these people in your world who don't know Jesus who will get set free because of how you are living, because of the change in your life. That husband, that husband who's far away from Jesus, ladies, if you've got any husbands, do you know, just start praising Jesus through the storm. That situation. God says, I'm with you. Start praising God through it all. And perhaps some of those held prisoner around you will also be released. You will have armor. You will have trouble. Oh, what a sad thought that is. But take heart. Take heart. I have overcome it all. So two reasons why we can praise God Because of everything he has already done. You see, the reason Paul and Silas could stand bold in that prison cell, they'd seen the miracles. They'd been with Jesus. They'd seen what Jesus could do. They knew Jesus had it all under control. They knew that one word, one hand, one look, and Jesus could change it all. They could be confident in the fact that Jesus had done it all. They'd seen it. So many of us here, God has already done so much in our lives and we forget it. We forget what he's done. It's good to stop and think, God, I know I'm not where I should be, but thank you, I'm not where I was. It's good. On Tuesday night, we had sort of our end of season worship team, team leaders night um, where we, we sort of concluded the year. We, we break through August, as, as most of the midweek services do. And, and uh, we were talking about some of the things we want to do in September and gearing up for that. But we just took five minutes to look at what God's done through our team through the last year. You know, we just talked through, this is what's happened. We've done this, we've done that, we've done that. And do you know what? 
real, not a sense of pride, but, oh, that's great. Just, you forget. I forget. I forget that I was there and now I'm here. I still want to be there, but I'm not here anymore. We forget. Just stir yourself up with where God has already brought you from. We can praise him because of what he has already done. And secondly, in conclusion, because of everything he is going to do. You know, this morning, I don't want to just bring an exciting stirred up, because I'm an excited person anyway. I I just love all that God is doing. But I don't want to just live on emotions this morning. I want something to be planted in your heart as you leave, so that on Monday morning, you don't just remember my pajama bottoms. You remember on Monday morning, how great is our God. You remember on Monday morning, thank you, God, I'm not where I should be, but thank you, God, I'm not where I was. Thank you, God, that you're faithful. Thank you, God, that you can do what you need to do in my life when I trust you. Take heart. Take heart. So, Nathan. (laughs) That song we introduced last week, Dance Again, it says in there, praise him when your heart is breaking. Praise him when your strength is almost gone. Lift up your song and praise him in the fire and the fury, in the dark night of your soul. Your God is in control. What great words, church, this morning. I did feel that in concluding that there would be people here this morning where you have lost that passion for the house. You have lost your passion for God's presence those dreams and those visions that you once were excited about, you no longer see. And God says, I haven't let you go. I haven't changed. I'm still faithful. I'm still on the throne. I'm still in control. I've still got great plans for your life. I've still got plans to bless you and to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. And in conclusion, I really feel this morning that God not wants you just to get excited with the word this morning, but something to be rooted in you that says our God is faithful. Our God is able. He's proved himself time and time and time again, and he will do it. He's not let you go. He's never failed. And he won't start now. He's not going to start now. Come on, that deserves some praise this morning.